Welcome back to a special edition of the Georgia 2024 show. We're uh, happy to have our audience from the War Room Posse, from Denver Conservative Daily, and also from the Caravan to Midnight Network. Uh, we have a special today with Senator Colton Moore. He's been in the news, all over the news for the last few days, calling for a special session, and he was kicked out of the Republican caucus uh, in the Georgia legislature. So we're going to talk with Senator Moore. Uh, first, please sign up for our no-ad subscriptions, top right corner of the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com, and uh, support us uh, for our reporting. It's expensive, and this is uh, just evergreen income we have to run operations. It's 10 bucks a month. You get access to all of CDM sites with no advertisements. So with that, before we get started with Senator Moore, I'm going to run a quick ad for our sponsor, David Cross. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. Now let's get to our guest, Senator Colton Moore of Georgia. So after everything that's been going on this week with uh, Washington, D.C. blowing up and it's trickled down into the great state of Georgia, we thought we would bring on Senator Colton Moore, who's going to discuss uh, what's happening to him and with the entire Republican Party in Georgia. Welcome to the show, Senator. No, thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. So, uh, wow, you've been in the fire. Um, we've seen you all over the media, and we wanted to give you a chance to kind of have a longer discussion of really what's going on uh, with you uh, in the GOP in Georgia. So why don't you give our audience who may not know exactly what's happening, what's happening? Yeah, so I, I've been calling for a special session now for about a month, and, um, you know, I've been putting a lot of heat on my fellow caucus members. I've been on probably 50-plus different media sites uh, calling people to call on your senator, call on your state rep, and demand that they call for a special session. Well, the heat has been so high within the caucus uh, that they basically wanted me to stop saying this, and their message for getting me to do that was, we're going to kick you out of the caucus. And uh, I said, you know, gentlemen, I'm not going to regulate my freedom of speech and the freedoms of the people that live behind me um, simply because you don't like the heat. I mean, I'm in the defense of freedom itself. Why would I regulate my freedom? Uh, when they handed me the letter I, I, to, to oust me from the caucus, and, and they ousted me from the caucus confidentially. So the caucus mm. voted behind closed doors, and they didn't have enough courage to come out and say who voted me out of the caucus. So they got leadership to do it. There's six members of leadership. Five of those members uh, signed on giving me the letter. I told them, I said, this is the absolute dumbest thing you guys could possibly do uh, would be to oust me from the caucus. And uh, Senator Kennedy says, so what you're inferring by saying this is a dumb idea for us is that you're going to go public with this. And I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, our common enemy here should be Fonnie Willis. And I'm trying to fight Fonnie Willis, but you guys seem to be standing in the way and not taking any action against Fonnie Willis. I mean, my goodness, you want to ask me from the caucus? I said, yeah, Donald Trump's going to know about this letter here in just a couple hours. I said, and so is everyone else on the national media. Yeah. Uh, they said, well, you've been calling for primary challengers. 
And I said, well, gentlemen, I've never called for a primary challenger against any of you. I said, but I've certainly been calling for primary challengers against some state reps back here in my district. Um, you know, that's kind of where I've got a little bit. If my state rep himself isn't going to be calling for a special session, then, yeah, I need a new state rep. Right. I said, but what you guys are going to be doing by kicking me out of the caucus is creating a self-fulfilling prophecy, because now I'm going to have a lot of time on my hands to primary you rhinos. <laughs> um, you know, that's when they, when they realized I wasn't going to fall. That's where the threats started coming in. You know, what, what did they threaten you with? Yeah, yeah. Senator Kennedy comes to me and he says, you know, part of being a good senator is making sure that your district is taken care of. Have you ever uh, thought about that? And I said, uh, well, gentlemen, I, I think that's a question from a bygone's past, because the reality that we're living in right now, I, I come up with a much different answer. I said, I, I would love to have, you know, new asphalt out here on the state highways. I would love those new caution lights to come in. And, you know, Lord knows the library could use some grant money. But none of that makes a difference if we don't have freedom itself. What good is your library if you don't have freedom of speech when you enter the library? You know, and he was kind of set back in his seat a little bit there. And then they said, well, you know, if you're going to primary us, we can come and primary you. And I said, well, gentlemen, that would be great. I said, uh, you know, Rhino Jeff Mullis, uh, to my understanding, already has two people lined up to run against me. So the more, the merrier. Go ahead and bring on another candidate. I said, but I am 100 percent sure that my constituents don't want their tax dollars funding Fonnie Willis. And that seems to be the case all across the state. You know, they kicked me out of the, the rhino caucus. But it's so funny. My Republican message seems to be resonating with Republicans all across the state. I mean, for the first time in my lifetime, you've got metropolitan GOPs like Cobb County, DeKalb County, singing the exact same music as counties like Chatham or Dade. I mean, when rural GOPs are starting to sing the same message in unison as the, as the inner city ones, uh, you know, I think uh, I think Republican voters um, are looking for someone to stand up for freedom and not someone to stand up for big money. I think a lot of these senators are scared to death of Kemp and all of his however many millions of dollars in his Georgia First Committee. You know, and it, it's so telling when these senators are writing letters back to their constituents, telling them excuse after excuse, letting their constituents know the way it's going to be done. I mean, you can't call yourself a freedom-loving patriot when you're telling your constituents how it's going to be done. I tell you what, I don't have to worry about a bunch of phone calls from my constituents because my constituents are happy. I'm fighting for freedom, and I'm fighting for their tax dollars not to be spent no. on Fonnie Willis. Let me ask you this real quick, Senator. Sorry, Bill. Um, no, who, who is, uh, and I've been asking this live for some, some time now, it doesn't seem like the GOP leadership is working for the people of Georgia. So the question is, who may they be working for? You know, I think uh, they're certainly working uh, for Governor Kemp, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of confusing in many ways. It's because they're, they're doing Kemp's bidding. But at the same token, Kemp says, hey, your prosecutorial commission, um, you know, that's not going to work. And Fonnie Willis hasn't done anything wrong. So for any of these Rhino Caucus members to say that, you know, they're they're going to take out Fonnie Willis, but they're going to listen to the orders from the boss, the governor. You know, the governor doesn't have your back. And sooner or later, they're going to realize, you know, the governor isn't their friend. Um, it, it's so silly. You know, they're so disconnected from reality. Um, Senator Kennedy said, you know, fundamentally, we just disagree. He goes, you think we can take action now? He goes, but I'm telling you, we have to wait till this case is adjudicated before we can take action. Huh. And I said, Senator, 
you've got your litigator cap on. Take your litigator cap off and put your senator cap on for a minute and recognize that you've got 200,000 people back in your district and they depend on you, you as a senator, to be the check and balance against this rogue judicial officer. But you can't take off your litigator hat. You can't. It's, it's like you just walked out of law school and you've got to go take it down in the court. You know, you don't want to interfere with the judicial system. That's your job as a senator is to inquire into the nature of the other branches of government. Yeah. It's interesting, too. Um, we've talked almost exclusively about Republicans, Republican caucus. Does it strike you as odd that no, uh, very few, if any, Democrats are coming out going, oh, my God, this this senator needs to go back in his in his corner you know, he's attacking Fannie Willis and she's just doing her job. I've seen very little of that. And I don't I, I don't know if your perspective is different, but I'd be interested to hear it. No, you're exactly right. I haven't I haven't heard one thing about it. Um, you know, it's it, why is we as Republicans? I mean, it's our Republican fellow colleagues. It's a fellow senator of mine that's being indicted. You know, why aren't we coming out in defense of them instead? You know, we, we could be fighting Democrats in the legislature right now, but I think they're just sitting back with their legs propped up saying we're winning. We're taking out Donald Trump. We're taking out these other people. Um, you know, the caucus is fighting amongst themselves and, you know, they don't feel any pressure at all. And that's this. It's disgusting. It's uh, it's when you say it's the ruling class. I mean, that is exactly what it is. Right. They're right. not connected to the people. Yeah, no doubt about it. So did you say earlier it was largely the uh, the leadership of the caucus that made this decision and made it happen? Or was this a, a if, I don't know if you can discuss it, but was yeah. this a, an overall? Well, I'm not, I'm not a part of the Rhino Caucus. So I, I mean, I can say and discuss about as much as I want now. I'm, I'm a free agent <laughs> of the people of Northwest Georgia. I mean, I, I represent uh, the Republican Party, um, but, you know, Ultimately, my my number one job is to represent the people of the Northwest. Um, it's um, th these senators, they I, to my understanding, it was 19 to nine behind closed doors. So there were nine senators who were in favor of me staying in and, and 19 uh, who were opposed. So they say, well, you know, there's enough votes to oust Colton. But but those people wouldn't come and, and make that a public voting record. They just did that behind closed doors. Mm. And then they said, Senate leadership, um, you need to go present the letter. And, um, you know, we do know by that letter uh, that Senator Matt Brass obviously was voting in favor of me staying in the caucus. So uh, if you're in Senator Matt Brass's district, please call and, and thank him for that. I mean, I didn't want to leave the caucus. Mm. Uh, we are stronger together. Um, but it, it is very mm. telling. Uh, that where these people's heads are at. And uh, if that's going to be the caucus, you know, maybe I don't want to be a part of the Rhino caucus. Maybe we need to primary and challenge and make a real Republican caucus come next session. Was, was there anything, was there any other path that, you know, could have been taken other than, other than kicking you out? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, uh, they start out with like three demands and, oh, really? Uh, oh. Yeah. Three demands. So, yeah, one of the demands was, you know, I got to publicly apologize to Bo and Shelly Eccles. Um, you know, I've been too harsh there. Um, there was uh, you need to stop calling for primary challengers in which I informed, you know, there's no proof that I've ever called for a primary challenger of the Senate. But, you know, the self-fulfilling prophecy, if you will, if I mm -hmm. if I do get ousted mm -hmm. um, by the time I left there, when they realized I was out of the caucus, 
they were calling me up on the phone, begging and pleading, making it so silly simple. At one point, they said, if you'll just call Bo and just personally apologize, then you can be back in the caucus. I said, gentlemen, I've tried on four different occasions to personally meet with Bo Hatchett, and I got all the proof of it, you know, and text messages and everything else. The guy cancels like an hour before each and every time. He never wanted to meet. All he wanted to do was waste my time. I said, so yeah. if you want to get a hold of Bo Hatchett, you have him call me up. Okay, so I'm, I'm leaving the Capitol. We got Jason Anavatarde, Steve Gooch, uh, Bo Hatchett all on the phone, and I tell Bo, but Bo, Bo, Bo's panicking. You know, he's like, why am I the target? Why am I the target? I said, Bo, it's so simple why you're the target. I said, you live in the most conservative district in the state. There are more Donald Trump voters in your district than anywhere else. I said, but it just so happens you work for the boss, the governor. You're the governor's floor leader. I said, can you not tell? You're the fall guy, Bo. You're the weakest link in this. Of course, all the PAC money's coming to try to convince you to take action. Um, you know, and of course, Gooch was like, this isn't going very good. You know, we need to just, you, we need you to apologize. And, um, you know, I said, Bo, I said, I do want to apologize to you. I said, I want to apologize to the fact that you and I's bickering has resulted in a pistola, a pistol, a deadly weapon being drawn on door knockers just two days ago. And the guy holding the pistol was saying, Bo and Shelly's name, you guys need to stop running your mouth against Bo and Shelly. I said, when it's come to a point where people are drawing deadly weapons in the street because you and I are bickering, I said, I'm, I'm sorry for that. And I hope you're just as sorry as well. Um, you know, the, uh, the comms director said, okay, that's an apology. Your conditions are met. You can come back into the caucus. And, uh, of course, Steve Gooch says, oh, no, you need, to, you need to not say Bo's name anymore going forward. And I said, you guys literally just move the goalpost of what it takes to be in this caucus on the telephone call. You guys go your way, and I'll go my way. Good for you, standing up for your principles and the people of Georgia. So what are your constituents telling you, Senator? Oh, I mean, they're, uh, they're extremely happy. They're ready for the fight. Um, you know, in reality, I think them ousting me in many ways kind of secured my election uh, mm -hmm. going forward. I mean, this is exactly, you know, as, as a legislator, as a, as a politician, I think there's kind of two distinctions. You've got some politicians that, and their sole purpose is like, I just want to hide under the desk. I don't want to do anything because anything I, I do is I'm going to have some opposition and I'm really worried about that next election. But that's not the way I operate. The way I look at things is I promised my constituents when I first ran for this office that I would fight with every fiber of my being to promote freedom and liberty, reduce government spending. I have to fulfill that promise of what I told the people when I first got elected. So for me, the election takes care of itself as long as you're working as hard as you can and fulfilling your promise of that from the last campaign. And I mean, I, I go to the bank. I got people patting me on the back like never before saying, keep up the fight, go after them, because people recognize this isn't about party. This isn't I mean, it's so much bigger than Donald Trump. This is about basic American freedom. The battle line is here. You know, the, the communists used to be in Washington, D.C., but they're here in Atlanta now. Right. When my fellow senator is telling me I can't I can't say anything, don't include me because I'm worried I'm going to find myself in judicial peril. We are at a constitutional crisis. 200,000 people just had their voice disenfranchised because they're worried about this rogue district attorney. You know, and then when somebody's got to spend a million dollars 
to defend themselves. I mean, if I've got a million dollars, I want to go to Montana and go buy a chunk of land. I don't want to use it to defend my good name and a, and a rogue district attorney. You know, and who's next? We all could be next. The very fact that we're on this this phone call and we're talking about election integrity, the way these people are going, we could be charged for some racketeering conspiracy. This is nonsense. It must be stopped and eliminated. How are you going to uh, stop that? Well, let, let's uh, before you answer, we'll talk more about this after the break. Before we get started, a quick message on how to protect your family. We all know the next big one is coming. They're masking everybody up and they just approved the new vaccines, testing them only on 20 mice. Yes, it's a joke, literally. The medical establishment is not to be trusted until things change. So how do you protect your family? If you go to twc.help forward slash CDM, you can see their new emergency medical kit. It has a group of medications that will protect your family in most emergencies medically. Anything from a tick bite to the new COVID, to bubonic plague and other things like that. So go to twc.health forward slash CDM, use promo code CDM, and you'll get a 10% discount. The kit basically covers one adult, so you may need to buy more. twc.health forward slash CDM. Thank you. Okay, we're back, Senator. How, how do we stop this uh, and how do we move forward? Uh, well, we have to keep the momentum going. You know, I, I told the Lieutenant Governor, I said, um, you know, my, my old pickup truck was just about out of gas. I said, I'm running on fumes. One month goes by. I'm calling for a special session. Nobody signs on. I said, and then all of a sudden, Senate leadership pulls up with a big old jug of fuel, and I'm filled <laughs> up, ready to ride, okay? Um, the, uh, the question gets so much simpler for our side. Um, it, now, instead of asking your state rep, you know, why in the world aren't you calling for a special session? Now you get to ask him, why would you oust the one Republican who's calling for action? And there's more momentum um, than, than I've ever seen, right? I, like I talked about earlier, GOPs across the state, they're singing the same tune. Uh, my goal is to go to as many GOP meetings across the state as I can. Uh, I challenge any senator, any state rep to meet me in their hometown and let's have a debate about election integrity. Let's have a debate about what to do with Fonnie Willis and the very nature of the Constitution itself. I challenge any of them to meet in their hometown at their GOP. I also encourage GOPs just to send out a statement. Let your legislator know where you and your people stand. Now's the time to do it. Um, you know, and get out and volunteer. You know, Kemp and, and, and these people, they have millions and millions of dollars, but you know what they don't have? They don't have your time. If you can get out there and you can knock on some doors and you can start putting pressure, I know in Pickens County, apparently they're out knocking doors, uh, you know, telling folks, hey, Call up Steve Gooch and tell him to get get to work. So, you know, volunteer your time. Ultimately, you know, if if you can run for office, put a challenge on these people. If you've been calling them asking for a special session and they're not giving you the time of day, then tell them you don't they don't need to be in the office. Go sign up and run against them. I, so, I have a question as we're as we're talking about special session. Um, what do you think might happen if, in fact, a special session is required if this um, redistricting issue raises its head in the next few weeks? Yeah, do, you so, think, do you think that that will find double duty or do you think they'll still try to squash any discussion of Fannie? Well, I mean, technically, the way the way it reads in the Constitution, the governor can can make can make a fence around anything that can be said um, 
at that special session. So he can make that special session specifically about redistricting uh, and a legislator doesn't have the ability to bring up anything else outside of that. Okay, but that's also at the same token, you know, it's his decision. So if there's going to be a special session, the governor can say, you know, you guys can talk about redistricting. You guys can talk about Fonnie Willis. You know, he can lay out what can be talked about. So, you know, more of the importance to keep the fire going right now, because if what it looks like, there might be a special session. Right. And how awkward is that going to be? I've been calling for a special session for two months. And then people people are going to be like, wait, there's a special session, but you guys aren't talking about Fonnie Willis. You're just going to talk about this. So it's only going to make it uh, even more damaging on camp and Senate leadership. I see the possibility for folks calling for a very special session, <laughs> right, <laughs> something like right, that. Right. Oh, yeah. Senator, um, are you getting response from your from people saying, "Look, I'm going to run"? Um, you know, yeah. uh, are, are you getting anything like that? Are people stepping up? Yeah, I've talked with probably uh, four different people over the last 24 hours, um, all running for state senate uh, across the state. Um, I mean, we're, talk to um, elected officials, uh, you know, local elected officials who are, who are following this very closely and uh, and they're ready to go challenge their state senator. Um, you know, grassroots activists who uh, who you've seen across the state, uh, you know, some people who uh, have been uh, firebrand against the governor already. Uh, and those are the kind of people I want to see in the Senate chamber who aren't afraid of the governor, who are able to do their duty as a senator and put a check and balance on the executive and judicial branches. Yeah. You had mentioned you were going to be, um, uh, hope to be meeting with folks around the state. I'm already having folks come in and say, Oh, we understand he's going to be visiting our County for a particular event and so forth. Are there, are there some already on the calendar that you want to, uh, mention or, you know, or, uh, would you like to do that as you get closer to the events? Yeah. Happy to do that as I get closer to the events. Um, you know, uh, um, there's uh there's a there's a couple auctions that are pretty cool coming up auctions Whoa. to raise money for the defendants uh one going on i believe november 2nd um i i'm it's in northeast georgia i, I don't have the details but i'll get That's them over okay. to you and um you know the, these are going to be fun events they're fundraisers um you know all the money is going to be going to uh to those who ultimately have to raise a million dollars to defend their good name and liberty yeah um and you know there's those types of things. And then also, you know, just going to um, the uh, the second district, uh, congressional district, Fish Fry. Uh, I'm going to be there. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully it won't turn into another Perry. No, not. <laughs> hey, not if I'm there. <laughs> they're going to see an old hillbilly make a scene. That's what they're going to see down there south. So, you so uh, when you when, sorry, when you do have some of these events or possible discussions with uh, other people, other GOP members, in their local hometowns, we'd be we'd be happy to live stream that. You know, okay, and, yeah, and get some great. press out and get uh, and get some attention to all these what these people actually are standing for. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, there's there's video out now of a of a state rep. He uh, goes up on the stage. He he gives his speech and he says, "Okay, I'm available for questions." And uh, this guy gets up and says, "Why aren't you calling for a special session? Why is Colton the only one calling for a special session?" The guy looks at his watch and says, I, "I I'm actually out of time. I don't have any more time for questions." And walks off the stage. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it, it it we don't mean to make this comedic, but unfortunately, you can't you can't really avoid it. You mentioned earlier the the notion of something being a self-fulfilling prophecy. Taking a step like this 
is actually, um, according to what I'm seeing on Signal and other things, it's working against these folks. They're right. They've just stepped in the middle of the hornet's nest, and yeah. and everybody's talking about everybody. Many people are talking about we got to do something. What do you do? Well, you you call your senators, you call Senate leadership, you let them know your feelings. And two, you find somebody you believe in locally and you get them ready to step up. And it seems to be happening in many counties from what I can gather. Yeah, no doubt about it. I appreciate the good work you gentlemen do. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. And uh, you can always go to coltonmore.com and, uh, or go to specialsession.com and sign on to the official petition uh, to call for a special session. So I appreciate you gentlemen. Thank you, Senator. Thank you so much. Take care.